0: This is IVP. You're listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Your Word is truth, Your Word is life. Presented by Inner City Press. Your Word is truth, Your Word is life. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemene Uwan. Let's get in the word and may the word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your word. Old Testament reading. 1st Kings chapter 10, verse 14 through 1st Kings chapter 11. 1st Kings chapter 10 beginning at verse 14. Solomon's wealth. Solomon received 666 talents of gold per year. Besides what he collected from the merchants, traders, Arabian kings, and governors of the land, King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 measures of gold were used for each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold. Three minas of gold were used for each of these shields. The king placed them in the palace of the Lebanon forest. The king made a large throne decorated with ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. There were six steps leading up to the throne, and the back of it was rounded on top. The throne had two armrests with a statue of a lion standing on each side. There were twelve statues of lions on the six steps, one lion at each end of each step. There was nothing like it in any other kingdom. All of King Solomon's cups were made of gold, and all the household items in the palace of the Lebanon forest were made of pure gold. There were no silver items, for silver was not considered very valuable in Solomon's time. Along with Hiram's fleet, the king had a fleet of large merchant ships that sailed the sea. Once every three years, the fleet came into port with cargoes of gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. King Solomon was wealthier and wiser than any of the kings of the earth. Everyone in the world wanted to visit Solomon to see him display his God-given wisdom. Year after year, visitors brought their gifts, which included items of silver, items of gold, clothes, perfume, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He kept them in assigned cities and in Jerusalem. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stones. Cedar was as plentiful as sycamore fig trees are in the foothills. Solomon acquired his horses from Egypt and from Kew. The king's traders purchased them from Kew. They paid 600 silver pieces for each chariot from Egypt and 150 silver pieces for each horse. They also sold chariots and horses to all the kings of the Hittites and to the kings of Syria. 1 Kings chapter 11 The Lord Punishes Solomon for Idolatry King Solomon fell in love with many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, including Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They came from nations about which the Lord had warned the Israelites, you must not establish friendly relations with them. If you do, they will surely shift your allegiance to their gods but Solomon was irresistibly attracted to them. He had 700 royal wives and 300 concubines. His wives had a powerful influence over him. When Solomon became old, his wives shifted his allegiance to other gods. He was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped the Sidonian goddess Astarte and the detestable Ammonite god Milcom. Solomon did evil in the Lord's sight. He did not remain loyal to the Lord as his father David had. Furthermore, on the hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for the detestable Moabite god Shemosh and for the detestable Ammonite god Milcom. He built high places for all his foreign wives so they could burn incense and make sacrifices to their gods. The Lord was angry with Solomon because he had shifted his allegiance away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him on two occasions and had warned him about this very thing so that he would not follow other gods. But he did not obey the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Because you insist on doing these things and have not kept the covenantal rules I gave you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. However, for your father David's sake, I will not do this while you are alive. I will tear it away from your son's hand instead, but I will not tear away the entire kingdom. I will leave your son one tribe for my servant David's sake and for the sake of my chosen city, Jerusalem. The Lord brought against Solomon an enemy, Hadad, the Edomite, a descendant of the Edomite king. During David's campaign against Edom, Joab, the commander of the army while on a mission to bury the dead, killed every male in Edom. For Joab and the entire Israelite army stayed there six months until they had exterminated every male in Edom. Hadad, who was only a small boy at the time, escaped with some of his father's Edomite servants and headed for Egypt. They went from Midian to Paran. They took some men from Paran and went to Egypt. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, gave him a house and some land and supplied him with food. Pharaoh liked Hadad so well he gave him his sister-in-law, Queen Tappenis, his sister, as a wife. Tapanes' sister gave birth to a son named Ganubath. Tapanes raised him in Pharaoh's palace. Ganubath grew up in Pharaoh's palace among Pharaoh's sons. While in Egypt, Hadad heard that David had passed away and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead. So Hadad asked Pharaoh, Give me permission to leave so I can return to my homeland. Pharaoh said to him, What do you lack here that makes you want to go to your homeland? Hadad replied, Nothing, but please give me permission to leave. God also brought against Solomon another enemy, Rizon, son of Eliada, who had run away from his master, King Hadadzer of Zobah. He gathered some men and organized a raiding band. When David tried to kill them, they went to Damascus, where they settled down and gained control of the city. He was Israel's enemy throughout Solomon's reign, and like Hadad, caused trouble. He loathed Israel and ruled over Syria. Jeroboam, son of Nabat, one of Solomon's servants, rebelled against the king. He was an Ephraimite from Zerada, whose mother was a widow named Zeruah. This is what prompted him to rebel against the king. Solomon built a terrace, and he closed up a gap in the wall of the city of his father David. Jeroboam was a talented man. When Solomon saw that the young man was an accomplished worker, he made him the leader of the work crew from the tribe of Joseph. At that time, when Jeroboam had left Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, met him on the road. Two of them were alone in the open country. Ahijah was wearing a brand new robe, and he grabbed the robe and tore it into 12 pieces. Then he told Jeroboam, Take 10 pieces, for this is what the Lord God of Israel has said. Look, I am about to tear the kingdom from Solomon's hand, and I will give 10 tribes to you. He will retain one tribe for my servant David's sake and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. I am taking the kingdom from him because they have abandoned me and worship the Sidonian goddess Astarte, the Moabite god Shamosh, and the Ammonite god Milcom. They have not followed my instructions by doing what I approve and obeying my rules and regulations as Solomon's father David did. I will not take the whole kingdom from his hand. I will allow him to be ruler for the rest of his life for the sake of my chosen servant David, who kept my commandments and rules. I will take the kingdom from the hand of his son, And give ten tribes to you. I will leave his son one tribe so my servant David's dynasty may continue to serve me in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen as my home. I will select you. You will rule over all you desire to have, and you will be king over Israel. You must obey all I command you to do, follow my instructions, do what I approve, and keep my rules and commandments as my servant David did. Then I will be with you and establish for you a lasting dynasty as I did for David. I will give you Israel. I will humiliate David's descendants because of this, but not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but Jeroboam escaped to Egypt and found refuge with King Shishak of Egypt. He stayed in Egypt until Solomon died. Solomon's reign ends. The rest of the events of Solomon's reign, including all his accomplishments and his wise decisions, are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of Solomon. Solomon ruled over all Israel from Jerusalem for 40 years. Then Solomon passed away. And was buried in the city of his father David, his son Rehoboam replaced him as king. Psalm 127, a song of ascents by Solomon. If the Lord does not build a house, then those who build it work in vain. If the Lord does not guard a city, then the watchman stands guard in vain. It is vain for you to rise early come home late and work so hard for your food. Yes, he provides for those whom he loves, even when they sleep. Yes, sons are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Sons, born during one's youth, are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. They will not be put to shame when they confront enemies at the city gate." New Testament reading. Luke chapter 20, verses 45 through 47. Jesus warns the disciples against pride. As all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, "Beware of the experts in the law. They like walking around in long robes, and they love elaborate greetings in the marketplaces, in the best seats, in the synagogues, in the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' property, and as a show, make long prayers. They will receive a more severe punishment. Matthew chapter 23, Seven Woes Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The experts in the law and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore pay attention to what they tell you and do it, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy loads, hard to carry, and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing even to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by people. For they make their phylacteries wide and tassels long. They love the place of honor at banquets, in the best seats in the synagogues, and elaborate greetings in the marketplaces, and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Nor are you to be called teacher, for you have one teacher, the Christ. The greatest among you will be your servant and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You keep locking people out of the kingdom of heaven, for you neither enter nor permit those trying to enter to go in. Woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You cross land and sea to make one convert, and when you get one, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Woe to you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the temple is bound by nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple is bound by the oath. Blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And whoever swears by the altar is bound by nothing, but if anyone swears by the gift on it, he is bound by the oath. You are blind. For which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and the one who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and the one who sits on it. Woe to you experts in the law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. You give a tenth of mint, dill, cumin, yet you neglect what is more important in the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have done these things without neglecting the others. Blind guides! You strain out a gnat, yet swallow a camel. Woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, clean the inside of the cup, so that the outside may become clean too. Woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs that look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of the bones of the dead and of everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you look righteous to people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous, and you say, If we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have participated with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. By saying this, you testify against yourselves that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up, then, the measure of your ancestors, you snakes, you offspring of vipers. How will you escape being condemned to hell? For this reason, I am sending you prophets and wise men and experts in the law, some of whom you will kill and crucify and some of you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town, so that on you will come all the righteous blood shed on earth. From the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Barakiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar, I tell you the truth, this generation will be held responsible for all these things. Judgment on Israel O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who are sent to you, How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would have none of it. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me from now until you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Oh God, sovereign Lord. Those are intense passages, oh God. I just kept on thinking about um, the theme of just finishing well in faithfulness. That it's not by might, it's not by our power, but it's by the spirit. And the, the race is given, not to the swift, but to the one who endureth until the end. So I pray that by the power of your holy spirit would you give us endurance perseverance to run this race to give us um um a singular devotion to your gospel and to the lord jesus christ would you help us to love you to the very end oh god our hearts are prone to wander that's for sure they are prone to wander lord i pray that you would be near that you would order our footsteps oh god and that you would keep us in your care and those who are backslidden, O Lord, your word says that you are married to the backslider. God, I pray that you will draw them back to you, Lord God, and you will re- bring them right back into the fold, O Lord God, um, and that you, O Lord God, would keep us walking, O God, in the paths of righteousness, O Lord God. And would you help us, O Lord, not to um, become haughty or to be prideful, O Lord God, knowing that it's the Holy Spirit, it's by your grace that you're upholding us and keeping us, O God. We don't have a righteousness within ourselves, O God. Would you help us, O God, to trust in you for all things, O Lord? Help us not to look to the left or to the right, but keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram